Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who, like a ghoul, has just been down to Oxford Circus to see where the events of last Friday didn't happen. It's, it's Richard Herring! Oh yeah, I've had lots of sleep. I'm fine. Don't worry, I'm fine. I'm fine. Hello, yes, welcome to another episode of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was talking to David Snedden the other day... <laughs> Remember David Snedden, mate? David Snedden! He won uh, the uh, first Fame Academy, and it's, uh, remember? He calls it Rahalastapa, uh, as, um, as I'm sure Ollie Merce does as well. Uh, this is, um, this is going out in January 2018, this show, so there might well have actually been an atrocity at Oxford Circus, in which case, the stuff I'm saying, there hadn't been one at that point. Uh, <laughs> It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, I was terrible hearing that news about it. It was on, uh, it was on uh, Black Friday, whatever they call it, wasn't it? Where they, uh, they do the Christmas, all the Christmas sales and all the news came through. That, and I was just thinking, Christ, you know, Oxford Circus, I was there. Six, just six months ago, I was in that <laughs> station. If I could have been caught up in that. <laughs> Nothing happening there. That would have been... I just don't know if the, if the country could have coped with the non-death of both me and Ollie Murs on the same day. That would have, I think that would have been too much. Uh, I, was, I was making lots of jokes about it on Twitter. I was very glib about it. But uh, I then later found out uh, that sadly three of my imaginary friends did die in that attack. So it's... Um, the joke was on me eventually. So that's a little look back to uh, 2017 for you at home. Uh, probably something really horrible has happened in the interim. <laughs> So hopefully that will have cheered you up remembering a lighter, a lighter time. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, all, all sorts of stuff's been going on. Uh, I've uh, uh, my my daughter's crazy. Uh, I've been talking about her a lot. Uh, she's sort of starting to get. We were driving home the other day and it was night time. She's looking. Then they kept on seeing the moon. Then the moon was going. She said the moon's playing hide and seek with me. You fucking idiot! What's wrong with her? This is the second time. She doesn't understand the you know, heavenly bodies at all. It's embarrassing. Uh, she's been dressing up as a tiger again. She did that last week. It's just good. She's obsessive. It's insane. Uh, and uh, uh, she called me up to her bedroom. She had a friend over and, they, and she, they were playing in her bedroom. And she called me up to her bedroom and said, Daddy, I've got a present for you. And she pointed at the wall and she'd drawn all over our newly painted wall with crayons. <laughs> and I don't know if she was kind of clever going, oh, I've done something wrong. I'll pretend it's a present. <laughs> or whether she genuinely thought, I go, oh, brilliant. Well done. That is... I'm so delighted about that orange crayon on the wall. Thanks for that, you stupid idiot. <laughs> kids, you don't have kids. Don't have kids. It might be too late for some of you. If you have kids, drown them. Uh, it's, it's fine. Work for King Herod, so it's fine. Uh, and um, yes, I've been doing my blog for 15 years. That is insane. That's 15, 15 every single day, warming up. Go back. You can't start in the middle. Go to the beginning and read it from the start. <laughs> Got to find out what's been happening to me. Uh, it's, that's just insane. There are lots of, in fact, we're coming up to the 10th anniversary of um, me starting podcasting as well. And also meeting my wife. That's not as important. Uh, so, um, 
that's less important. We'll crack on. Uh, if you enjoy these podcasts, do consider uh, sponsoring us uh, on drip, d.rip slash Richard hyphen herring. Uh, if you want to give us some money to make more podcasts, I managed to get into the actual show. So if you cleverly skip the intro, bad luck. <laughs> Unless you cleverly skip the bit that I do talking at the beginning as well. There's people who kind of uh, under the YouTube put what point the guest comes on. They give a time code of one what point the, the guest comes on so people can avoid having to watch this bit if you do that I will I will ban you from the channel that is that's that's what happens so do it by all means but as you probably just skip through to find out where that point is and just been looking at the pictures you don't know that but you are banned you're banned you'll be banned and no one will see your stupid comment it comes into my email straight away and I know when it's happening <laughs> Anyway, my guest tonight uh, is uh, probably best known as Henry in Swinging with the Finkles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is a major motion picture. So don't you laugh at that. It's Paul Chowdhury, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Come in, sit down. Make yourself at home. What a credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, a film it's that a, no one's seen. It's uh, I'd never heard of it, and it's but uh, no offence, but it's uh, <laughs> it's got Tim from the Office in it, which is usually which Martin is you, Freeman's yeah. uh, film from that the he made before he did The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> you so were his friend, and you played. I his was friend. his best mate in it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, um, Mandy Moore was in it. Yeah. Um, pretty much everyone whose career has kind of rocketed into stardom. <laughs> And I'm doing your podcast. <laughs> I don't think it was because of the... You've done quite a lot of um, movies. Yeah, of movies. I did, uh, I've done quite a few films, yeah. uh, as a lot of the audience are aware. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen me in quite a lot of motion pictures that have been box office flops. <laughs> the one with... You were in a, you were in a one with... Uh, what's his face? Um, Chigua Lefejo. Oh, no, I was going to... Uh, yeah. oh, I, I should have struggled to say his name. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> you were in... Um, you were in, um, what's it called? The one with, uh, about, uh, oh, fucking hell, I'm so tired, man. Uh, shall we just, <laughs> shall we just call it a day? The bloke who wrote, the bloke who directed Eyes Wide Shut, that guy, what's that film called? Oh, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Colour Me Kubrick, you oh, were in yeah. Colour Me Kubrick. Yeah, it just my Which, voice was ended up being used oh, in the it? end. A lot of people are probably aware of that film that I did. That's, and, uh, that's, uh, that's an amazing story. That I've just been reading. I haven't seen that film. Yeah, about a Stanley Kubrick impersonator. Yeah. He used to walk around like Soho and Leicester Square because nobody knew who, what Stanley Kubrick looked like right. at the time. So he used to get himself into like restaurants and nightclubs and young boys. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So. In a way, it was, you know... If only people had watched that film a bit more closely, we might not be in the trouble we're in now. Eyes wide uh, shut. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Davidson was in that film as well. Jim Davidson, one of the greatest comic car- yeah. creations. I've worked with all the greats. Yeah. <laughs> did you get to go to the premieres of these Yeah, films? and Jim Davidson did a set. Did he? The... Yeah, I was... Uh... I learned a lot that night. Yeah. <laughs> so... Good gig. They didn't get you to do a set at the at the premiere. Well, it's hard to follow Davidson, man. Yeah. <laughs> they might have just thought you were one of his characters coming on. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> or one of his kitchen workers. 
Jim Davidson played a, a gay character in that film, though. I think he played himself. <laughs> anyway, enough of your film career. That was inter- interesting. <laughs> What's his name, the bloke who's the star of it? Who was it? John Malkovich. Malkovich. That's, that's you, I forgot John, that. John yeah, he's, fucking he's, Malkovich was in he's it. Done a, anyone John heard Malkovich. Him? No one's heard of him. Pretty good, John Malkovich, isn't it? So, uh... <laughs> Michael Jackson in the back of the room. <laughs> so you're very, uh, you're a very interesting comedian to me in lots of ways because you've what you've built up an amazing following, mainly kind of through. I mean, you know, you've done bits and pieces of TV. We we're talking about it backstage. Very little TV, but yeah. uh, and you've done live at the Apollo a couple of times. So that's that's quite. That, you've yeah. done some, and you did you, the, the Channel Four uh, stand-up show, didn't you? The uh, comedy galas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, audience will be aware <laughs> of my stand-up sets that have been aired at 20 to 1 in the morning on a, <laughs> on a Wednesday evening. That's really skyrocketed my career to but, working with John Malkovich. <laughs> Last week, you played uh, Wembley Arena in front of 10,000 people. Yeah, 10,000 people turned up to yeah. that gig, which I was quite surprised about. <laughs> I mean, you can't have been that surprised. You knew you, were, you did book the venue. I booked the venue. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, fuck, I expect 20 people to come. <laughs> oh, shit, we filled it. That's lucky. I did a week run here at my last week. I did a week here at yeah. Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, uh, you know, I think I'm kind of got a, quite a dedicated live following, yeah. which is quite unusual for someone that isn't like a, a TV face yeah. as such. So how have, you, how have you achieved that without... I don't know, man. I just carried on gigging, building up a live following, um, just, just, you know, see what happens. And, yeah. and then last Wednesday, 10,000 people turned up. <laughs> And then it's, uh... Well, I'll give it a go, but yeah. it, hasn't, it hasn't been working for me. <laughs> I'm going to book myself into the... Uh... I'll start with the Hammersmith Apollo. I won't get cocky. I'll just do 3,000 first. I actually, well, I actually did. I sold out the Hammersmith Apollo before yeah. doing Live at the Apollo. That's pretty good. So, and I did, I sold it out, and then I did Live at the Apollo the day after. And, uh, and then, you know, I've just built up this live following. I'm one of the, probably the biggest live selling acts in England. Yeah. And it, I, <laughs> I don't want to sound arrogant about it, but, but I'm bigger than this podcast. You are. But, and ironically, we haven't sold out tonight in this Voyager series. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> We've done all right. We've done okay. But, you know, where are the 10,000? That's the show, isn't it? 10,000 last week, 325 this week. So That was a Wednesday, week, though. It was, yeah, oh, yeah, this is... Well, that's easier on a Wednesday than a Monday. It's hard to get people... Wednesday, Wednesday's a dead night, though, isn't it? Yeah. Monday's... Imagine if you'd done it on a Friday, how many people would have come? It would have been embarrassing because there wouldn't have been enough seats. <laughs> <laughs> How many is this then? This is about six, seven thousand. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, now, now I'm starting to get an idea of how you've done this. <laughs> this is how. You, this is what you got to do, man. Yeah. You got to hype that shit up, rude boy. <laughs> yeah. But you've done a lot. You've done a lot online. I mean, so have I. Uh, but you've done a lot. I've done a fuck of a lot online. No, you do these. You do these uh, little videos on Facebook and is it and YouTube yeah. and no, whatever, yeah, yeah. I've done the odd video now and again. Just yeah. get a camera out and stuck them up online and uh, does. Views. But it's interesting. I mean, I like your stand-up's really good. The, these videos are quite interesting because you will cover quite serious subjects and yeah. with a bit of humour but also I mean you talked about um, Grenfell Tower I saw one which oh, was yeah. you know you're very angry about it but there's it's a it's a formed comedy 
routine about it, but obviously filled with anger. So there's a there's a sort yeah. of political side to your your stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing you'd go on Channel Four News and talk about if they're looking for a talking head. Yeah, and they didn't book me, so I just did it myself. <laughs> so uh, you know, you just go off on some rant sometimes. Yeah, and um, you know, I do them now and again when I can be asked. Yeah, I don't have the dedication that you've got. Yeah, this is incredible <laughs> that you've got this format and uh, and one of the biggest podcasts in Leicester Square to be on. <laughs> to, be, to be on this is an honour. So um, you know, it's like you've done the same thing, and it's just like I just used to make videos and make comedy sketches. Yeah, I made one that was like about the the singer Zayn Malik from One Direction. Okay. I played all the characters. I played his mum. I played his dad. <laughs> I played him. Yeah. And then I edited him up into these kind of the sitcoms, and that did a lot of views and and uh, just things like that. And I used to. I, th- I think what really kicked it off was the troll videos. Right. So like 2014, 15. I used to get. You know, you know what it's like online. I do. You know. People, Lonely. Yeah. <laughs> people call you a prick online. Yeah. And yeah, stuff yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then I would uh, look at their profiles and expose them and rip them a new arsehole. Yes, I've seen these. Yeah, they're, so. they're good fun. Well, because pe- the, the, the sort of established, what, what people say is don't feed the trolls, yeah. don't get involved in it. But, I mean, as a comedian, it's so hard not to get involved in it because it's, I think I, I saw you in an interview saying same as being heckled. You wouldn't, if someone heckles you, you don't yeah. just ignore, you don't just ignore it. them. And yeah. and so you and you are hope you know you're probably going to be funnier as a comedian than anyone who's yeah. trolling you for the reasons especially that people are trolling you. Well, yeah, don't feed the trolls. I give them a three course meal. <laughs> and, uh, so it's worth and, looking. Up. Yeah, and I did about ten million views on that on Facebook. Right. Then, but the problem was that was people would turn up to the live shows and start heckling me. Yeah. So it was hard to sometimes get the routines out. <laughs> Prick! And I'm like, I've got a show to do, and um, and it's uh, hard to look because you look, actually look up their Facebook profiles and, yeah. sort of, and comment on them from that which is yeah and a lot of the time you don't realise that these are school kids <laughs> but a troll is a troll isn't it <laughs> they've got to take you out you've got to take them out first and then I got death threats from Bradford yeah a lot of kids from Bradford were saying you can't come Bradford size we're going to mash you up <laughs> so I couldn't really do many tours in Bradford after that at schools anyway <laughs> so, Ticket sales are ticket sales. I don't give a fuck, man. You got to do what you got to do in this business, man. But you have been, you have like been confronted by hecklers and you've yeah. been in fights with hecklers. A lot of fights uh, over the, as you can see by the, you can't tell on the podcast. Obviously, I'm a hard bastard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so not many. That's why I've got this this kind of beard now. Yeah, because uh, a sort of spring. Yeah, deflate the, the punches. <laughs> Not many people mess with me with this, but I used to get looks in the street when I was clean shaven because I'm about your age. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, with, with this beard now, in this cl- it, no one messes me with this, with right. this beard. I can. I can it's a, it's an, it is a fine beard. It's hard yeah. to. I mean, it's hard. To, if you saw me out in the street, yeah. you're not going to mess with me. You know, you normally you'd probably be a man that would fuck with people <laughs> in the street. What were you looking at, bruv, and shit? But, I would, yeah. and it's because of the curly moustache. That's the that's the bit. But everything else I can deal with. But it's the curl on the moustache. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, I do. It sort of gives you this kind of ep- like a pirate air to you. I was up. I was I, I was up for Pirates of the Caribbean. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, the film. Uh, what was it? That one. The new one about Victorian Abdul. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was up for that uh, alongside Jane Judy Dench. Yeah. And. Um, I didn't get the part, but I kept the beard. Yeah. 
So I met Stephen Frears for that. You decided to do swinging with the Finkels instead, right? Yeah, that, that was, was the right. choice you made, and you stayed swingers. <laughs> the film is actually about it swingers. It is a bit. Yeah. It's quite. That's quite an interesting because like, Angus Deaton's in that film. Yeah, and he playing gets, himself. Yeah. Oh, is he playing himself? Mm. I must, I must try and track it down and watch this. It's on Netflix. I think you can get it from Amazon for 20p. Can you? I'm going to try and go... <laughs> Angus Dean gets his co- cock out in it, doesn't I he? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, did, I wasn't there on the shoot day of that okay. one. But I think he uh, pretty much... Because of all the allegations... If he did the stuff he did then now, he wouldn't get kicked off a TV show. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's a bit out of order, isn't it? Well, it's interesting how things have changed. Well, maybe he would, maybe maybe he would, but it's, it doesn't seem as bad as, uh, you know... The stuff that people are... You're getting away with now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've met a lot of women that you banged. Yeah. I mean, I can... <laughs> I mean, back in the day, man, you were... I, you were one of my inspirations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The amount of pum pum you were getting back in the day, man, it was crazy shit, man. It was, this guy's a legend in the game. It was different. It was different. It was a very different time. Very happy. <laughs> that's that's where I am now. He's a family man now. Family but man now. To get to that level, you had to go through that shit. <laughs> I did. You got through a lot of pum pum. <laughs> I remember, man. I mean, I, some of my friends were yeah. weren't happy. <laughs> and I used to get all the shit. Oh my god, is he going to call me again? Is he going? <laughs> I won't mention their names, but if any time an allegation gets thrown out there and I can make some money out of it. Good. <laughs> Look, we're all living on borrowed time, mate. We're all living on borrowed time. So it's... <laughs> just make the most of it while you can. No one can sack me. I just do this myself. So it's... Uh, it's <laughs> they can't sack your own podcast, can you? So. They can't. Good. Uh, we'll edit. We'll edit that bit out. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. All right. I'll ask you an emergency question. I think we'll, have, we'll go. We'll go straight to an emergency. Can you ask? Can you ask me this question? I can. That's my. That's a picture by my daughter. See what a lovely, lovely man I am. That's my. That's the kind of thing she scribbled on the fucking wall, man. That's so that called that a present. I mean, it's a bit better in green. Why is Paul Chadwick a prick? <laughs> Look, this got broken last week. I've had to put it together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We've got so that's your daughter's book? No, this is, this is my book. But my daughter got it oh. and drew in it when I was, trying, when I was preparing for another interview. <laughs> How old is your daughter now? She's 28 years old, isn't she? <laughs> she's 28. <laughs> done, very well, done very well there. Thank you. Thank you for that yeah. setup. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, here's an emergency question for you. What is the most valuable thing that you have ever buried? Buried? Yeah, buried in the ground. Or, you know, under something. Under something? Yeah. <laughs> buried, you know, buried. <laughs> we don't bury things. In, you, know, but you don't no, bury in your culture. Yeah. <laughs> From the streets, we don't bury shit. No, okay. Just leave it what on the floor. What is the most valuable thing you've ever dug up? Dug up? Yeah. Like... <laughs> These questions left over from Saville. That's my question. All right, it's on a similar theme. What do you most regret destroying with fire? What? You must have destroyed some stuff with fire. Destroying with fire? Yeah. You can't just repeat the question. I mean, it seems, <laughs> as a technique, it seems to be working quite well for you. These are, I'll answer uh, that question with the same questions. 
What's the question? <laughs> what, is the, what do you most regret destroying with fire? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> Never been asked this question before. Know, that's so, why they're so. good questions. They're, make, they're meant to make, open you up. Make you I haven't had a bonfire. thing is, if I'm having a fire or burning yeah. things or destroying things, yeah. I couldn't get away with the things you do. <laughs> if I was in the garden and there's a fire and the next door neighbour said there's a guy with a beard having a fire in the garden, <laughs> I think the flying squad would be there. Maybe. <laughs> Don't think about this question. Uh, all right, I'll ask you this question. Have you ever fallen downstairs? Fallen downstairs? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever? You must have fallen downstairs. Stairs? Yeah. <laughs> down them. Or up them, if you've fallen upstairs, that's quite... Falling, falling upstairs is funnier than falling downstairs. Um, I've fallen downstairs a few times, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I wanted to know <laughs> that's all I wanted to know and did you bury anything after you'd fallen down um, no, but it's sort of interesting well that, you know the, the, obviously um, the uh, I mean we're talking about the hecklers coming for you and uh, but you know there's, there's quite a lot of s- more serious stories about uh, your, your dad being attacked and stuff for being yeah. Asian and uh, mm. You know, which you, so you, your your act is dealing with a lot of these uh, racial issues. Yeah, I kind of talk about my life, really. If we can talk about any serious subjects, and if I can help thousands of people in the audience <laughs> through their turmoil and anything they've dealt. Oh, I mean, my dad stuff. I was talking. My dad came here in 1964. Yeah, uh, I talk about this in other shows. I mean, and life was very. Dan, I was born here in 74. You about 70? 67. 67. Yeah. Well, I was proper racist back in those days. It was. <laughs> I mean, even the seventies were pretty bad. I mean, now everyone pretends to be politically correct when it's uh, pretense a lot of the time. <laughs> it's a crowd, and you know, it's uh, in the seventies, man. It was rough, proper like yeah, skinheads, no. DMs, National Front. Yeah, it was. Uh, there was no political correct. There were you know things you. It was just out there. Uh, what school did you go to? I went to the King's Wessex Upper School, Cheddar. Private? No, public, public school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my dad came, he got, like, he, you know, he was a bus conductor when he came here. I used to sit on the buses with him. Um, then we had a shop. Uh, there were so many fights back in the day. Dad got attacked, knives yeah. to the face. It was, you know, time, times were hard in those days. And I, if I talk about those things, I try and, you know, talk about what we went through. And I can't remember the routine on it. It's got to be funny in there somewhere. <laughs> it doesn't have to be funny. It's because it's, it's really you, uh, you're dealing with... I mean, it's interesting. I, I was watching your, um, your show. This, there's one of your shows up on YouTube, the whole thing up on YouTube. Oh, really? Very, yeah, I don't know if you've... Well, your, <laughs> your page links to YouTube. Uh, it was... Uh, which one would it have been? I think it was... Oh, what's um, happening what's white up, What's happening white people, yeah. Yeah, I didn't uh, put that up. No, okay. It's up there for free. Go and have a look. Uh, and it's... But, it's, you know, you've got, you've got to... You know, you go through the audience and go, you know, are there any... Uh, Punjab, you go through all the different. Yeah, different I mean that was 2012. That that kind of DVD, and I get such a such a diverse audience. Yeah, yeah. You know that I get like probably one of the most diverse audiences in England. Like you get so many different types of people. So I talk, talk kind of talk about everything, and, and then I did PC's World, and this one's live in it. Yeah, not this. The tour is called. Live yeah, in it. <laughs> this is live in. So um, live in it. Yeah, and I kind of talk about the different types, and, and essentially the the. The, the argument is we're all pretty much the same and we laugh at the same things, but we're divided into groups and it's all man-made and uh, we yeah. divide ourselves into subcultures and 
religions and castes, and it's, I kind of go through all these themes. And it's quite interesting with comedy, though, that audiences do sort of stick to their own kind, don't they? Really it's, a lot, it's, quite, people, it's quite unusual to see. I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of comedy clubs are, are predominantly white. Yeah, white. yeah and I, I came up through the clubs yeah. you know, since mid-98. But, I mean, it's so good to be on this podcast because the audience is so diverse. <laughs> Not tonight, but in general, it's quite diverse. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's very, it's not, it's, it's not even diverse within white people. It's just one type of white person. One comes to... <laughs> yeah, it's sort of fat, fat, middle class, IT, <laughs> many work in IT. That is, that's it. So I've got to, oh, and bald men. Uh, so, all right. <laughs> you've offended your own audience <laughs> so but there's and I went to see Aziz Ansari and that was kind of oh, great yeah. it was you know he was at the Apollo and that was kind of amazing that you would you know you'd just Ooh. go okay there's there is this audience out there who obviously are going to see certain comedy but it's 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 interesting how like you know the the comedy store wherever all yeah. any of the comedy clubs the stand up clubs are very are predominantly yeah predominantly white, white. And, and it's weird because when I do the tours and a lot of the audience that do come to it yeah. I've never been to live stand up right, before yeah, yeah. even at the clubs so they kind of a lot of time get heckled I think it's a conversation and everyone here knows the rules look <laughs> at how well behaved this is like an audience this is a theatre audience yes and they kind of get how comedy works but a lot of time I'll get hecklers who just won't stop like when you put them down like you just did the thing to the ball guy now if you did that in my audience that pro- probably have carried on for about half an hour <laughs> and then the security would have to remove him and yeah. want to fight you outside well, there was just the other day in Lower Stuffed, I was reading there was yeah. had, there was in the it made the the East Anglian press. And yeah. there, was, uh, there was there was a, <laughs> a man, there was an altercation. Well, he actually w- was a was a white guy. Um, don't, don't want to sound racist, but he was one of your people. <laughs> and uh, he was actually talking at the back of the room. He wasn't actually heckling me, right. but he was talking. He carried on talking. It got and the just people around him to ask because it was Lower Stuffed yeah. isn't the most diverse audience. No. So the audience around him were sharp, mate, and then by the time, hey, he keeps on talking, and this is an impression of white people. And then he... <laughs> and then... <laughs> Can we get him removed? <laughs> and then they eventually took him out, and then he tried to punch a member of staff in the foyer, and then they kicked him out, and then the police came, and he wouldn't leave, and then they tasered him. Wow. <laughs> and, and then, I, 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 and then the, the, the manageress showed me the footage on her camera, and he was, ah, screaming, and I said, can you send me this? Because... I could get views online. <laughs> uh, you know, this could basically go viral. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't put it up because I thought it was a bit out of order, but I, <laughs> looking back on it, I should have put that online. <laughs> People we'll love stick, that shit. We'll stick know? it in now. We'll, we'll just make it, have a little break and we'll stick it and in. And then on the same gig, you know, I, I just played 10,000 people the night before. I was pretty, I've been on the road for like a week. And uh, there were about 350 people in Lower Stoft. Yeah, that's and pretty good for Lower Stoft. That is all Lower of Lower Stoft. That's, that that's was Lower Stoft, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which closes at five o'clock. Yeah. And that then is I the sw- whole f- family of Lower Stoft. Yeah. Today, all 350 of them. <laughs> and then I swung the mic and I smacked the mic in my face yeah, so and, and smashed my tooth uh, on, on stage and the chip. And I've actually had it uh, filled in. Um, but then I just put a, a, you know, an update up saying, Man gets tased and I broke my tooth. It's a pretty full. So it mind. looks like. Yeah, you were involved. <laughs> you should have seen the other guy. You should have seen the other guy. He got tasered. Um, but nothing to do with him. But you've got to hype this shit up. Yeah, of course. Of course. 
there's a great clip of you on. Um, you're quite a hard man to find much out about as well online. There is hardly any interviews with you online. There's you know, not, your Wikipedia entry is very, very slight. Very, yeah. You're a very mysterious man. But there's a there's a um, there's a good clip of you on uh, Deal or No Deal. Oh yeah, yeah. With Noel Edmonds, and Noel <laughs> Edmonds is trying to butt, butt you up and say how you're the funniest comedian in the country. Yeah, uh, I mean that's and, a quote uh, I've always aspired to have. It. Yeah. <laughs> what. <a, laughs> One of the best comics in the country, Noel Edmonds. <laughs> Have you seen him? Has he come to a lot of your gigs, Noel Edmonds? He's always there. Yeah. <laughs> he got tasered on the last gig. <laughs> but was uh, it you? You told you told him you were in Noel's house party. Is that is that yeah. true? I was in Noel's house party <laughs> in like mid ninety eight. I was in the gotcha with Frankie Dettori and Mike Reed. Right. <laughs> Is that Mike Reed from EastEnders or Mike Reed, the racist Calypso guy? Same guy, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> no, there's two different ones. Oh. There's two different ones. I know all the Mike Reeds may look the same to you, oh, mate, the... but there's two. <laughs> there's two. One of them's dead and one of them's in UKIP. That is, one of them's a Calypso UKIP. I've met the other Mike Reed. I did Lou Sens and he was on the same show. Oh, no, really? Actually. Yeah, I'm doing that again this week. But okay. when I did because... Uh, um, which one's that? The race? You met the racist Mike Reed. I met both of them. I mean, let's not call him racist because producer Ben will probably the the fascist Mike Reed. You know, no, the, yeah, the... <laughs> see, call, calling UKIP members racists. Um, yeah. I've been I've, I've, people have just ripped me online for that. Right. You can't call us racists. We're not racists. We're UKIP supporters. <laughs> so you do get into a lot of flack for calling them racists because yeah. they don't consider themselves racists. Yeah. Are there any UKIP members in tonight? <laughs> It's, it's possible. Back this up. There you go. <laughs> they fuck off back home. It's what the fuck? <laughs> to Edgeware? What? <laughs> hey, I've, I've moved up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but it was the original Mike Reed. Yeah. yeah, the original Mike Reed. Before they. The, not the second incarnation. Ricky. It's not Doctor Who. No, it wasn't. It Mike Reed from Runaround. From. Runaround! You're too young to remember Runaround. I don't remember Runaround. Was it? Around. What year was that? Run around. No, it was the seventies. It was in the seventies. Yeah, so I you were probably been... you know three or four years old. I did used to watch a lot of TV yeah. in those days. Um, Mike Reed from twirling bow tie. Mike Reed from the Senders. That's from the you... comedians. Yeah, yeah, it was that yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> it was that one. So I was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just remembering some yeah. of the comedians' jokes. That... So I met Mike Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Then going, oh, better shut up, actually. <laughs> so I was in that in the gotcha, and um, it was at the video recording. He was doing a voiceover for one of his videos. I was in the, it was in this thing, and I called back to it. Yeah. About how many years later was it? Ten years, fifteen years later, and and pulled him up on it on the clip. Yeah, it's very funny because he's going on again. We've met before, no? We've met before, and he goes, have we? And then I've he's met, trying to... Yeah. But you're dressed as a chicken or something. You're dressed saying. as a chicken. He was no, actually... It's not very... You know, it's not... He was dressed as a chicken. I he was, oh, you weren't dressed as a chicken. He, he was. He was and he comes, well, that must have uh, impeded his eyesight. <laughs> yeah. And it was with Jonathan Ross. It was a Jonathan Ross. Yeah. And it was with him and his friends and his family. And then, Are you a friend then, of Jonathan Ross's? He's never invited me on the show after that. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure if I offended him. But uh, I've never been invited. I haven't done, in fact, any talk shows. So it's weird because no. the only other comics playing Wembley Arena this year are Mickey Flanagan and Jack Whitehall and myself. So yeah. the level of stardom they're at and kind of where I'm at in my career is a bit unusual. 
yeah, well, it's in, but that's that's fascinating and it's interesting. But also, then you don't need to do the talk shows and the panel yeah, shows. It's nice. It's to sort be... of. Be, I mean, I find it very surprising that you haven't been asked on mm. all the, on on the panel shows. Yeah, For yeah lots of reasons. A because you're you know you're doing so well, but B, you know, every, that kind of everyone says that political correctness yeah. would lead to you know. I think there's a perception of who I am out there. Right. I think there's a perception that I'm some kind of right wing UKIP comedian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe because my first DVD was called What's Happening, White People, <laughs> uh, which wasn't the intention. And uh, I think there's, there's been a lot of things and there's some reviews that have kind of gone out of their way to try and finish me off. When I say finish me off, not... <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way. If you do it the other yeah. way around, you get on all the panel shows. That's, that's, yeah. that's how it works. And, uh, and there's a perception of the kind of comic I am, which yeah. is kind of the polar opposite of who I am. Well, it's interesting because watching your stuff and you know, I've watched a fair amount. I've seen you in the past anyway, but I've watched yeah, a fair amount in the last couple of days. And, you know, it's you know, it's clearly you're challenging mm. other, you're challenging the, the racist views of other people. By you know, you might pick on some white people in the audience, but then it's but it's sort of holding yeah, the mirror up to. The, yeah, up to, I, I, if I really did dislike white people, I wouldn't be able to tour to ten thousand. <laughs> wouldn't be able to just perform to you know. No, but no, but it's. I think you know it's very inclusive. I think that's what I think that's what's great about it. It's having fun with. I mean, you you throw in like uh, some Punjabi swear words and stuff, and yeah, and, and mess mess around with people with that. But then that's quite interesting anyway. So you know, we you, some of your audience won't know what's going on, but you kind of pick up. Yeah, what's and going do the on. translations, yeah. and and it, I think it's more fascinating for for an English audience to yeah. find out all these dialects and subcultures and languages, and it's quite interesting. But a lot of people say, oh, you can't say that, can you? No, it's racist, uh, it's unacceptable, you shouldn't be saying these kind of things. So that's I think, creates a certain perception of who I am out there, yeah. which is exactly what I'm not doing. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, I know, but then plenty of people who might, you know, might do a racy act in their live show are still trusted to go on TV and do something yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going up with this chalky act no. with uh, that Jim <laughs> Davidson. <laughs> Yeah, you know, remember that? Yes. You know, I was about to do the impression and stop myself. You see what I mean? This is the... It's not my crowd have come tonight. So, but know. then some point, someone, you, you know, you do like a sort of Dave, Cockney Dave yeah. character and then some people will say, well, why are you allowed to yeah, do that? I do that in this show, yeah. actually. How come you're, you're allowed to do my act? You know, it's a whole, I'm not going to do the whole routine now. <laughs> but yeah, it's the whole argument of you can do certain accents, but you can't do other accents. And you get called certain things or xenophobia, labels that attached to you, fear of the other. But my audience is the other. I play to everyone. <laughs> yeah. So for me to have a fear of the other wouldn't make sense for the act to work. So there's certain critics that come out there have never experienced this type of show. And I'm not middle class. I've come through a very working class upbringing and childhood. And yeah. And I do relate to the common man probably a lot more than uh, an, an act that's been th- been to Cambridge or Oxford. And, yeah, those fuckers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know. I, I, I've not, <laughs> don't like to talk about it. Nothing. I don't like to. Where did you study, man? Uh, Oxford. So <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. So you know, um, not Cambridge, that's for sure. So I'm with <laughs> yeah. you on that. I'm with you on that. So I think my delivery is a lot more rough around the edges, yeah. and uh, uh, and certain critics don't like that. Well, you know, but I think also, so crit- I mean, critics aren't necessarily, you know, you should, people, they're not that important, <laughs> as you <laughs> prove, you know, that it doesn't matter what the critics are really saying. And it's, it's they're, you know, they're going for, they don't like it if someone that they haven't championed is yeah. successful. They don't like it if someone they don't get is successful. But that, that sort of surprises me about your stuff, because I think, you know, the, the, the things you're doing online, those things, like I was talking about, the, yeah. you know, the various... 
that look, looks at kind of topical events. Those are those are full on proper satire anyway. You know, if the comedy, yeah. comedy critic should be looking at those, going, "Wow, this is amazing. This is a you know, this is a guy yeah, like they you tend say, working class yeah. guy who who understands the situation, talking mm. about stuff and being quite hard hitting about it." I appreciate that, man. But uh, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> it's, only, it's only it's only Steve Bennett from Chortle. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. No, so this show has four Chortle Awards, so thank you very much to Steve Bennett for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's as high as I fucking go. Look at what good that's done me. Uh, so I know you're in Taskmaster, which is such a fantastic show. You were one of the series yeah, of Taskmaster. Uh... How did you get on with Taskmaster? Did you enjoy it? Well, the thing about Taskmaster was, um, you know, they don't like, like it being called a panel show, which is, it isn't a panel show. It's a set of tasks, the video, you haven't seen it, and they put comedians together, you could do these tasks, and you can't really hide behind a persona or a state, because I think talking to you now is kind of my more natural self. Yeah. This is like a conversation, whereas on a panel show, you can be an extension of your stand-up persona, and having a stand-up, there's a lot more arrogance, there's a lot more bravado behind it, but on Taskmaster, it's pretty much who you are, yeah. and it exposes a comic for who he is, and for some <laughs> reason, people kind of attach them and they kind of like that side of me which they've yeah. never really seen before so it was a bit of an eye opener for the audiences out there that watched it yeah. and it kind of opened up a new audience and, yeah, it's, uh, good. it's such a good show thanks man, I was, I was really happy when I came up with a format for that show <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it really <laughs> I think the guy might have gone to Cambridge who came up with that so it's Alex uh, Horn you might have <laughs> Um, uh, well, what are we going? Oh, we'll have to, we talked about that. Um, it's all right. We're all, it's all fine. Don't worry. It's going good. Um, Celebrity Squares. Oh yeah, I love talking about Celebrity Squares. It, the, re, the reboot of Celebrity Squares. You did. Yeah, I can't. Did, what happened with that one? Yeah, they tried to get lots of cool young comedians on it. So there, you have been on some panel shows. You've been oh, on that was years. Celebrity Squares with Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis was on that. He was. I think he was the host. Unless you're on the old celebrity. Oh yeah, squares. yeah, he was the host. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've I've done all the massive TV yeah. shows. <laughs> I think I was in the bottom corner of oh, yeah, the square. That's right. So did a joke about why I've been put into the corner. Next thing you want me to do is build a shop. <laughs> a really shit joke I put in, and uh, and it made the edit. <laughs> I was never asked onto another panel show again. <laughs> it could be that. It could be that. Um, and well, this is a little theme that's been running through this series. Of series uh, 12, I think we're on of this stupid podcast. Uh, but you talk about sadness versus depression. Oh, yeah, in the new tour. Yeah, I talk about that, really. Yeah, yeah. About how depression is mislabeled, I think, these days. People suffer from depression. And when I was growing up, people were sad. Yeah. No one's ever, people just don't say they're sad anymore. Oh, you're right, man. I'm just a bit sad today. Yeah. No, I'm depressed. It's like when kind of it's, we've gone to that point of... You can't be sad. You've got to be happy or suicidal. Yeah. There's nothing in between anymore. So I think this, to talk about the art in, in the new show about how it's kind of, I think it's causing a bigger issue out there. Well, it's an interesting, you know, it's, in, but the thing with it is it's, you know, we, none of us are able to get into the heads of someone else and know yeah. whether what they say is sad is depression yeah. or whether they say is depression. So, you know, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I think with comedians, I think, like anyone, really. Maybe you notice it more with comedians because they're meant to be happy. But it, it, it's a kind of hard job. So have you personally yeah. kind of... De- have you had to deal with that yourself? or is I mean, I was crying in the back just before you were, I that's why, that's why I brought it up. <laughs> it was hard to, to drag myself out. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> and even, you know, like, you know, you, we don't, you don't see... They don't see that side of us, that uh, yeah. recluse, reclusive kind of sadomasochists with emotional issues... 
yeah. the only person as Jerry Seinfeld said who's standing the wrong way in a room kind of we're facing the wrong way aren't we yeah <laughs> so um, it's, there's something in us that makes us do do this yeah so um, it's exactly this guy's talking about it's going to be another going to be another altercation going to be <laughs> This doesn't happen with anyone else. You come along, and then it, that bloke's from lower stuff still. Have, have you got a taser? Yeah. <laughs> We're in but, London. We've got machine guns here. Yeah. Oh, you talked about that beginning, didn't you? About what happened last week on Black, yeah, yeah. Black Friday. It was, yeah. it, was, it was a fight, apparently, wasn't it? Yeah. Two people had a fight. Yeah. And people were just running all directions. And but where did this thing come out about the gunshots? Well, it's interesting. There's, there was, a, I think, a book in the 18th or 19th century called The Delusions... The, I can't remember the number type, but The Delusions of Crowds. It was about the way that people can... Well, this is, but this is what the world is all, all about now. That was just it manifested, mm. that you'll create a situation. And what was interesting, that situation was created out of something happening and then people deciding it was something else, people running, and then people going, what's going on? And then that creates that situation. Mm. So then you hear a noise... And you interpret it as gunfire. Yeah. So it's, it's, it often happens the other way. Doesn't people say, "Oh, there was gunfire, and I thought it was party, party crackers going off or whatever"? So you interpret noises as what uh, as what you think they are. And if Ollie Murs tweets and says it's gunshots, <laughs> you know that for most people, well, that's definitely gunshots. Gun so it was really down to him, I think, mostly. But it, but that, you know, but again, that's sort of interesting. It's all about perception. It's all you know, and you you will see Tommy Robertson will be going, and people going, "Oh." Well, we all know who's responsible for yeah. this straight away. Yeah, your fucking stupid, twisted imagination. But he follows <laughs> me on Twitter, actually. How oh, does he? Tommy Robinson. Yeah. Does he follow you? No, I don't think so. I haven't, I haven't checked. I'll have I'm not sure why he follows me, though. I'm quite, uh, he just, yeah, uh, slightly scary. Yeah. It's, uh, if he actually does, starts following you, then if you really start running. Me, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he'll come to a gig and uh, we can talk on yeah. stage. If you're listening, Tommy love to have you at my tour shows. <laughs> uh, there are no venues in Luton. <laughs> have you ever tried to do a tour show in Luton? There's the... I've done, like... There's the li- Luton Library I've played. That's, uh, I mean, they have a library in Luton. That is... It's, it's one book. But they're, <laughs> it's in a room. People just congregate around and look at it with wonder. Um, the, hat, the Hat Factory used to be in Luton. The Hat Factory? Yeah. It was a tiny little gig, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, they're all little gigs. I live quite near Luton now. I live, uh, I live in, out in Hertfordshire. So Someone's it's, doing it's all right. Quite, it's quite, yeah, thank you. Uh, quite near to me. Uh, and so, yeah, there are a few gigs around there, but Luton's not a, not a big, big no, tour town. I think the closest town. is Dunstable. Dunstable. <laughs> which I'm at this... Yeah. Uh, this St. Um, Albans isn't too far. St. Albans, St. Albans has, got, has got a very big... They call thing. it an arena. There is St. an arena. St. Albans, is, I've already done that on this run. Yeah. St. Albans Arena, which isn't an arena. It's about a thousand seats, isn't it? Yeah, really. but that's pretty big. For, I play that one, that's pretty big for me. Is no, it? it? It's not full. You didn't sell it out? I do St. Albans, yeah, I play St. Albans. I do... You, uh, you I sell, do, sell out? No, I don't, sell out, I don't sell out St. Albans. I Middleton might do now, arena. I'm a local boy. You know, they might yeah. come to see me. But I'm doing Harpenden as well this tour, so, you know... Let's not talk about my tour. Richchain.com slash gigs. Last time I did, I did St. Albans and I did Radlett. Radlett They're basically the same Mm. place. So I St. Albans, I did okay. And then Radlett, I did Radlett on on, uh, Passover, I think. And it was only when I got there that I discovered Radlett has, it's, it's quite a Jewish community. Yeah, Radlett is. So they weren't that interested in coming to see me swearing. What day was and it? all the anti-Semitic stuff I did in the show as well. Was that the... Uh... It was some big religious festival, I can't remember. What show was that then? That, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything, it was... Uh, was it the Hitler show? No, it was my best of show. 
was he did do a Hitler show, didn't he? I did do a Hitler show. Yeah, that's why. Do they know that? They know yeah, he did. They know. They know all about that. That's now that was a moustache, mate. That was when you've got that moustache. <laughs> then though the uh, the toothbrush moustache was quite popular amongst uh, Asian men. I think. I think. Well, well the middle one. Yeah, the little isn't it? There was quite. I think. Was that? Well, in the nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties, in the UK, yeah. everyone had it. I mean, not yeah. everyone. Your grandma did, eh? Hey, hey. But uh, I think now Robert Mugabe had like a really yeah, little Mugabe. one. Well, he did all right, didn't he? he did, yeah, he got, to, got to ninety-three. <laughs> it was just because he hid it away in the middle. Right in the he middle. He just kind yeah. of had. Like, I thought that was a birthmark. No, no, it's a little little Mugabe moustache, just like right in the little filtrum there. That's the thing about moustaches or facial hairs or hairstyles. Once someone, a serial killer or someone responsible for genocide, (laughs) has that look, it's out of fashion. It is, it goes, which I think is a shame. If I go on a killing spree, this curly moustache is finished. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the pirates killed lots of people and uh, some of the bad genies killed lots of people. (laughs) (laughs) I look like a bad genie now. The evil genies. The genies tricked a lot of people. (laughs) <laughs> they had that moustache that's, that's a genie moustache they tricked a lot of people they did they trick, they trick you into wishing for something wouldn't they and then yeah, you'd, go, you'd end up with a sausage on your nose th- it might not be the same story uh, okay <laughs> you grew up watching Bernard Manning DVDs videos yeah, I didn't have DVDs well, videos, in the yeah. 70s, so I will not have you say <laughs> let's get it growing right. up Sorry, I got the wrong archaic formats. <laughs> I didn't grow up watching just Bernard Manning, but I did but, yeah. see Bernard Manning growing. I mean, he was the biggest comic in England at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was all the comedians. Com- so, yeah. do you remember the TV show, The Comedians? With the, yeah. That, I mean, you must have been very young when that was on. But that was... Uh, how was that, watching that that as being the, the sort of archetypal British comedy? Yeah, it was like, what was that? Morecambe Wise, Little and Large, Russ Abbott, um, Kenny Everett. Yeah. All the greats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bernard Manning was let's say that you know I'd watched it at home just shitting myself thinking oh glad I'm not in that audience <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you know you just imagine that because he used to pick out the it wasn't like a diverse the, when there's one person who's not white yeah. <laughs> you pick him out he's going to laugh or he's going to get his head kicked in <laughs> so it, you know you watch that I think oh shit man that's a scary job and, and then I became a comic <laughs> So, um, you know, those are the kind of comics. And even hearing words like the P word or the N word, they were just kind of punchlines on sitcoms in the 70s and yeah. 80s. Pre, pre nine o'clock, you know, before nine o'clock. And you'd watch all those and think, shit, man, this is... Uh... But that was the life we grew up in, yeah. you know, in a school, and you'd hear all that kind of stuff. And, and then I'd watch American stand-ups like Pryor or George Carlin or something, and it was kind of... Leaps and because those comedians would all share the same jokes. So when they did a gig, to, are you doing this guy? I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. the, 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 the working club, the, uh, yeah, working the, the men's working club men's clubs. You, you couldn't share that. If me and you, we would have to speak about our sets. And you yeah, can't yeah. Do that. I'm well, they do used that. to have a chalkboard mm. backstage and write up which ones they were going to do. So people... you can't say chalkboard anymore. Okay, so because <laughs> <laughs> of Jim Davidson, yeah, could... <laughs> <laughs> they used to have a whiteboard. I oh, know, black. I know. They had a board. They, they, had, had, a, a board. they had a piece of paper backstage. They had an ethnic minority writing the thing down. <laughs> but you hear all those stories, and they're always going. And then, you know, then I went on and did the his entire set. <laughs> yeah. they did that so if you didn't watch someone's set, yeah, that's it. You're done because yeah. you'll end up just doing the same gags. Yeah. 
And do you think things are, are getting better or worse? Because it's sort of fit like in those terms, in terms of like fascism and, and racism. Do you think it's do you think it's getting better in the um, world, or do you think the world's kind of taking a turn back to? It's kind of. Days? I think it's kind of gone three sixty now. Cause yeah. Uh, you know, you, there's things you can't say, and and there are you can't just stop people. I'd rather someone told me they were racist than rather than you can't say this, you can't say that, because then you end up with situations like Brexit, and the people, yeah. and, it, and it ends up coming out in other ways. It, it yeah. shows its form in, in another form, and uh, and you know, and people are all on that political correctness card, and it's well, it's true. Know. I mean, I think there's you know, there's always been the freedom to say what you want to do yeah. and uh, what you ever, whatever you want to say. But I think there people felt that they couldn't talk about the things they wanted to talk about, and and, and I think you're right. If you let people talk about mm. and say whatever they want to do, you have a discussion about it, and then you'll you'll work out what's right and what's yeah. wrong. But if you tell people they can't talk about it, I think absolutely. I think that's a lot of to do with 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 why things are going as they are because people are yeah. thinking, well, it's it's a reaction. President Trump is as much a reaction. Oh, against... Of course, yeah, we couldn't say this, couldn't, and yeah. then well, we found someone that's speaking for us. Yeah, and if kind of you let it out and you let it breathe might not be in that situation yeah so, so but it's interesting that you're feeling a bit restricted you're, so, you're so, you know you're feeling like people are telling you you shouldn't be doing well yeah I mean, that's what they say you know i think when a reviewer reviews comedy he's not reviewing the, the comedy he's reviewing the stuff you're talking about and his viewpoints on what you're saying yeah rather than the craft there are comics i just disagree with everything they say but i i appreciate their their the, the way the, the comic that they are yeah they're like they're they've Technically, they're brilliant comics. I don't have to agree with what they're saying, but, you know, they're bulletproof. Yeah. And I think it's interesting just to see... I mean, I like going to see comedians who say things that I don't agree with and that yeah, I find offensive and that are ups- upsetting because it makes you think about what you... You know, I think if you what you believe is true, mm. it can be questions as much as you want to question it and 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 you all will survive. Yeah. And the reason people don't like you joking about things generally is that they fall apart if you ridicule them, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and they're just like, well, you can't, you just can't speak about these things or it's wrong and, and, and they'll take another side of it. Yeah. You know, if I was that kind of comic, that, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying, but a lot of critics like me, some don't, a lot of audiences like me, some don't, and that's, yeah. I think that's the nature of it. Yeah. And, and you have to live with that and, and the world, the, the balance and try and balance it all out and, be quite happy. when you get trolled online you know Stephen Fry will shut his Twitter account down you can't, yeah. I think going to that extent and people are, oh I'm just being affected by this too much yeah it's well it's you know people are obviously free to react how they want to react it, it always seems weird to, it seems it usually when people do that when people shut down something mm. I, don't, I don't think it's helpful they actually no my wife I, I really like uh, Lindy West who's a fantastic writer and uh, I writes about feminism but wrote a brilliant thing about love actually that's one of the funniest things I've ever read and uh, I, think, I said to my wife I haven't heard from Lindy West for a long time you know like uh, where's she gone my wife I said oh, she's doing this and this and this and this but she she left Twitter as a right. protest against something but actually by le- leaving Twitter it just you know you're just stepping away from the discussion yeah. you know I, I think a little bit I can understand it because I think Twitter's turned into a bit of a oh, yeah, it's a... quagmire of idiots but yeah, you ever searched your own name yeah, I do all the time. I, I think it. Well, I absolutely. But I, you know, people say it's a vanity search thing, but I think it's absolutely the opposite. It's a, it's a reality search, isn't it? A vanity yeah. is to never search your own name mm. because you'll never hear the, the negative stuff. Yeah. But I also I like chipping in on you know, yeah. I like finding somebody slagging me off. Think you know, and, and if they're doing without acting me in, that's okay. But I think it's quite good fun to sometimes join in the conversation with them. Yeah, if they at you, it's like, essentially they see those accounts as an extension of our onstage persona. Yeah, that's the way I feel. It's not our personal accounts. If you want to do that, start up your 
personal account. I was talking to Stuart Lee about it, who, <laughs> who doesn't have... Uh, no, he doesn't go on. But he, he, he goes on at night time sometimes. He goes on all the time. If, the, minute, the minute he gets mentioned, he'll email me straight away. Does he? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's constantly monitoring. He'll be... Uh, now I'll get an email now, because I've mentioned... He's got, like... He's got the CIA-style... It's come through on my phone now. He's, he's bugged the theatre. He's here. Well, he's, he's watching lurking. us at the moment. He's lurking, watching. Mm. We'll edit that bit out. Uh, so um, I'm going to ask you an emergency question to get out. Again, another sticky hole we found ourselves in there. You're doing well, Paul. You're doing well. Yeah, I don't know how well you're, this is you're going, dig, to you're digging, you're digging in. It's going well. right. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, it's unusual for, not, for me not to be doing an hour and a half of just jokes. <laughs> I think okay. they think I'm a boring bastard. This is why I don't do interviews, because I'm a boring bastard. The real me is pretty fucking shit. <laughs> Isn't it? This is the real me. I think the real you is, uh, is more interesting than is the it? false version. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like... I'm some, like some of you. I'm like, you know, I'm just a human being like you all, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm one of you guys. I'm a real, I'm a real gangster like you guys out here. <laughs> 3,000, it was 10,000, mate. <laughs> I think you said 20,000. Yeah, he's gone. Nuts. Hopefully, we can do the stadium next year. Yeah. If we do Should, our... you, you and me together. Should yeah, we do a double X? A fistful of fun <laughs> returns. I'll grow the Hitler mustache back, and you will see. When are you okay. going to bring that show back, man? Fist of fun? Yeah. Well, I don't think. Well, we're not going to. We're actually trying. We've released it on DVD, but we were going to re-release it because we had to buy the rights for a certain amount of time. Right. And then the BBC is so useless. I mean, they made us cut things from the, the second series that came out, and then it was all around when they were being edgy. And there was a there was a the sketch with the teachers in it, and, and Stu, the, the Stuart's teachers trying to you know sort of flirting with one of the students, and it's a sketch. You know, that's the point of the sketch. And they wrote to us and said, obviously, we'll have to cut that given what's happening in the news. And you kind of go, yeah, because, you know, there was a thing where a teacher had run away with a kid to... The French. Yeah, yeah. But that was in the new... It was a DVD. Like, it's not going out this... It wasn't even going out that week. It was going out in six months. Yeah. But also, they started, you know, they, they got so scary. And then we were going to re-release it, and then they started asking about the rights to the music in some of the sketches. Oh, yeah. And you kind of go, surely you shouldn't... I mean, A, you released this five years ago, so you've done the clearances. People and B, watched you that show, didn't they, back in the day? Fist of Fun. Yeah, of course they did. The, the, these Lee and Herring, did you watch that? Yeah. See? Yeah. You should bring it back. <laughs> there was like four people, and this is, <laughs> this is an audience of people who like me. <laughs> That's a very bad hit, right? Wait a minute. This is your crowd? <laughs> this is my crowd. I thought this was my audience. I think, it's, I think a, some, of them are, some of them are you. 30,000 30, out there. That, that guy's definitely with you. That, guy. that story, that was with that French teacher, right? Yeah. For the kid. Yeah. Started. Um, yeah. I'd, now that's frowned upon in these, in these, yeah. this day and age. Remember back in the seventies, that was all. It's political correctness gone mad in it. Why? If it, if you can't have sex with people, so what's the point in becoming a teacher? <laughs> I ridiculous. knew I should have taken French as a GCSE option. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have liked to go to France with your your French teacher? The <laughs> 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 weekend. <laughs> My French, I had a... No, Mrs. Who was my French teacher? No, she was English. She was, um... <laughs> we, did, we, we did school magazine. We did, like, scurrilous school magazines. And I should know, remember her name, because we, we nearly got expelled for doing a joke about our French teacher. Which was, what's the difference between 
Mrs. Let's say Smith. I can't. I can't actually can't think of a name. And the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and then we and then we subverted because the joke is actually not everyone's been up the Eiffel Tower. That's 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 the, that's the proper joke. <laughs> Very unfair. But we did. We said, you know, the Eiffel Tower is a metal structure that's 318 feet high, and she's a woman or whatever it was. So, she, so there was a whole argument: is you can do, you you can it, jokes about the French are not considered racist. Remember, yeah. when, you know, people would be able to get away. Arguably, it's a racist joke. If you joke well, it's xenophobic. It's a different thing. We're not uh, technically a different race, a different race yeah, yeah. so so it's so, But you know, but the, but the thing with comedy, and that's I think what people don't get, and like like a people think if you're telling jokes, you're not being serious about a subject, which isn't necessarily the case. So you can be light-hearted, or you can find mm. the humour in something. It doesn't mean you're not taking the subject serious seriously but yeah. also sometimes humor is both it's binding and repelling so you can, you can use humor as a weapon to push people away but you can use humor as a way to come together so when i think when when an english person makes jokes about a welsh person that's that's a sort of matey when yeah. a scottish person makes jokes about an english person that's a proper attack uh is that's that's the difference <laughs> that's the difference when we do about the Scottish okay, didn't you? That's just fun. That's just that's just a bit of fun, harmless fun. It's going, come on, let's be friends, you alcoholic beggar. That is that's just that's just a bit of fun. That's camaraderie. When they come at us. Yes, uh... That is very I'm very offended by it. What was my point again? <laughs> I think it was the French. The, yeah, but you know, the, but there's a rivalry, but also, so you know, you. But it's like football, and it's like people who support footballs. Mm. People, some people get it that you're meant to be. Oh, my, my team's more important than yours. Yeah. Uh, and some people then start taking that very seriously mm. and start beating each other up over it. You know, it's you a kind of Millwall it's a sort of joke, isn't it? Supporting mm. a football team and yeah. going, we're better than you. We're better than you because some men who are playing in our colours yeah. have, have drawn with you two all. Like gangland shit, isn't yeah, it? it is. It's very like that. Let me ask you an emergency question to get me out of the. Uh, I'm going in such trouble after this one. Do you have a celebrity hand twin? A hand. A hand twin. A what? I've got a hand twin. A hand twin. A hand twin. Yeah. A hand twin. Our hands are the, are the same. My hand twin is Hermione from Harry Potter. You all can see it now, can't you? Now you're looking at it. It's a very feminine hand. It is. It's very and soft it's, and yeah, it is. squidgy, you know. And it's not even the softness that makes me a twin. It's the size and shape of that is her hand on... That's the hand of Hermione on a on a So when you man's numb body. your left arm? Well. Yeah. That's well, that's it. No, it's, you can just imagine. And to, yeah. <laughs> if you want to find out what it's like to be wanked off by me, just get Hermione from Harry Potter to wank you off. And that's yeah. the, that is the... It works both ways. That's the beauty of it. My tweeter after the gig yeah. with that line. <laughs> um, okay, I'll ask you another emergency. I'll ask you this emergency. This is an old favourite that hasn't come up too much recently. If you had to be in a human centipede yeah, this with is... two other people, you get to choose the two other people, but you're in the middle, who would be in front of you and who would be behind you in the human centipede? Maybe Hermione from... <laughs> She'd be a good, very good choice. And behind me, Harry Potter. Harry Potter behind you. <laughs> you know, I think... Good choices. I saw Daniel Radcliffe at, uh, at uh, an airport once. It's is quite, it? Yeah, quite a nice guy. What did you say? Didn't say anything, just looked all right as he walked through. My wife loves Harry Potter. I, I hate Harry Potter. She loves it. And she was in the toilet. She missed the whole thing. Doing she's, the human still, she's still upset about it. 
What was the worst occasion in which you were totally naked? Question 204. The worst occasion? Yeah. The worst occasion? The worst occasion! <laughs> totally naked. Yeah. There must have been some. <sighs> oh, that's a tough question, that one. Yeah, they're all tough. I don't normally right. walk around completely naked. No, well, exactly. That's why it but should I have be memorable. I've shaved my whole body down now. Have you? I used to be quite airy. And you shaved everything? Pretty much. Really? Can, can we show this on the podcast? I mean, I, if everyone gives their permission just for you to, that's how it works. I used consents. to be quite hairy. Did you? Yeah. You know, and um, I just thought it's just. Would you, do you just leave it all natural now and shit? I, well, you know, I've got so much effort to do any of that kind of grooming. I can't, I'm, I'm no, not, I'm not grooming. I'm talking about body hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not the reason I changed. Do you? It down. Do, do you? Um, How'd you get? How'd you get round to your uh, your uh, anal cleft? That's the bit that annoys me. The wor- the worst bit is the uh, just at the underneath the, the in the in the yeah, perineum area. Yeah, side you've got to just. Do you shave? Do you shave there? Do you shave that down? You just got to trim it because when yeah. you shave certain areas, it's, you get a yeah. few nips and you know. Yeah, you got to be careful. That's going everywhere. Yeah, and then it's pretty embarrassing that you're yeah. naked doing it in the middle of you know Dixon's. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> just want to test out this brawn. Multi-shave. Yeah. <laughs> you used to work in Dixon's, didn't you? Yeah, I used to actually work yeah. in Dixon's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you yeah. uh, that, that was your go-to area for imagining shaving your... Yeah, that's balls. the most embarrassing place I was naked. <laughs> uh, I, well, I actually worked in the High Street Kensington branch as well. Did you? Yeah, uh, I served a lot of celebrities in there. Um, oh, what's that guy's name? John Malkovich. John... <laughs> I struggled with it earlier. Brian May served oh, once. Oh, really? Yeah. Anita Dobson was in there with him yeah. from EastEnders. Yeah. Um, what's the other guy's name who did the Tetley Teabag adverts? Brian... Brian Glover. Glover came in. Yeah. And I sold him a walk... I want to buy a Walkman. I sold him a Walkman. <laughs> okay. You know, in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was uh, about 1993. Right, okay. It was still quite late for a Walkman. Yeah, it was late for a Walkman, yeah. actually. It was towards the end of the Walkman era. Yeah. And That's why I spent my, I, my first week's wages I got from working in Axbridge Mushroom Farm. I got £30. Magical mushrooms? No, just ordinary mushrooms. Yeah. And uh, I bought a Walkman. And, uh, and he bought... 1984, that was. 84? Yeah. Oh, that was when they just... That was... Yeah. You were rich, in it? Yeah. 30 quid, whole, and they had little orange pounds, headphones. Money remember, in those days. Yeah, nice. Sony, was it? Uh, yeah, I think it was a Sony. We used to do them a bit cheaper in the... Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, I, and, I, and when I served him, I said to him, Get off the mall, stick to the road. <laughs> Which was a line from American, American Wealth in London. London. Yeah. And he looked at me like I just shat on the Walkman. Really? I, you'd think you would like that, because that's he was not... Like, that's what you're talking about. You've forgotten the reference. I said, it's a line from America. I don't fucking remember that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he didn't remember anything. Uh. And then shortly after that, he died. <laughs> so... so. Do you think that's what that's what did for him? Are you I, saying that? I don't want to be held responsible. For that. <laughs> that Rick Mail was in that scene as well. Rick Mail was in that scene. His yeah. first ever film. Yeah. He was, that was his "Color Me Kubrick." It was. That was that. That was his swinging with the Finkels. It was. But then he went on to superstardom. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. There's <laughs> still time. So. He's now dead. That's the other. And, and the both of those guys yeah. are dead. So it suggests to me. Stay in shitty films that don't work and you live forever. Be in good films and you die. That is, that's what we've learnt. Well, he didn't do many good films, did he? 
<laughs> well, no, Rick Mail, it was great. Drop was, Dead Fred was good, though. That it was, was good. A, a financial flop. It was, but it was a good film. It was a good film, but it was, he was Ameri- his American break. Yeah. And, and then he came back to England yeah. and ended up in... Um, well, obviously, his British stuff was amazing, but yeah. that was his break into I know, yeah, Hollywood. It was, it, was, it was interesting. But he didn't do any bit parts in, in films. And, and I actually met the director from American Wealth in London. I spent New Year's Eve with him. Oh, yeah. I always confused John Landis. John Landis, who yeah. did Thriller and stuff. And, uh, is he still alive? One of John Hughes. John Landis, is, John Landis' son is now a director, isn't okay. he? So I spent New Year's Eve with him and Gurinder Chadda, who, who's the film director, and uh, uh, he didn't really... I was talking to him about American Wealth in London. And, yeah. People get annoyed when you talk to them about yeah, American Wealth in London. Yeah. It's probably because you then go, you didn't ever do anything as yeah, good think, as that later on. Well, well, the thing is, that he did, he did uh, <laughs> The Twilight Zone. And yes. His scene was the one with the air... The, oh, God, yeah, yeah. And, and he accidentally, accidentally killed someone. Vic Morrow, who's the, the father of... Um, tell me who it was, Jennifer... Jennifer Jason Lee, and also was in Twelve Angry Men. Was he, Vic Morrow? Yeah, but that was the scene yeah. in, in the Twilight Zone where he yeah, he, he went to court, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he and he. he yeah, got were you talking to him about this on New Year's Day? Yeah, it was hey. kind of a, <laughs> ten, nine, <laughs> eight. <laughs> and I said, "Do you remember when you killed someone?" <laughs> and I like, you didn't who do the that. fuck is this guy? <laughs> You didn't do that with Noel Edmonds, did you? Well, you, you could have done. Uh, uh, so, um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you an emergency question. If you could have all your teeth replaced by psychic orbs that could tell you the future events, all future events by telepathy, but would scream at a high-pitched volume every time you opened your mouth, <laughs> would you go ahead with the teeth replacement operation? Ahead with the teeth replacement? Yeah. <laughs> so your teeth would be psychic... And could tell you all future events, but when your mouth was open, the teeth would scream and, and it, would, it would probably... I mean, it might make you... It might be a talking point for a while and people would come mm. and watch you for a while, but I imagine it would be difficult to do comedy. Ah! Well, oh, if you spoke so by just covering your teeth, because you can't really see my teeth when I yeah. talk. I have my, they're not as prominent as your teeth. Mm. You've, got, you've got kind of horsey teeth, you know. <laughs> right, okay. There's, you know, mine are normal-sized yeah. teeth. You're but, ex- uh, well... Your current teeth are, but the yeah. psychic orb teeth are going to be massive. They'll be very big. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably take the teeth. Yeah, you'd have a go with the teeth. Yeah, because you'd know can... all future events. Yeah, and then you can make money that way. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you wouldn't have to do stand up anymore, would it? You wouldn't have to, would you? If you had psychic orb teeth that told you the future and you became a millionaire, would you give up doing stand up? No, I don't do stand up for the money. No, I do it for the love of. The money. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you're making big money now. Big money. Big on tour and you're always, you know, this fact is you're, how long have you been doing that now? I've been doing it for um, uh, 30. Is it? Now, well, yeah, well, it, I've been, uh, I think Edinburgh's 30, it was 30 years of Edinburgh, wasn't it? But I was a student when to begin with, so it's about 28 years of uh, Yeah, because I came to your Edinburgh show a few years ago, I think, and that was the, which one was that? It was the best? Did you do a best of, didn't you? Yeah, but not in Edinburgh, so it wouldn't have been... Did you do the, uh, what was the last one I saw? I think it was 2014. I okay, 2014? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. <laughs> 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 I think that might have been uh, Lord of the Dance Settee, which... Yeah, uh, that was the one. It was the settee. It's available one. for just uh, £10 from gofasterstripe.com. 
That's got the full uh, ending on where I die and dance and everything on it that you'll have seen because you saw it. You stand on the sofa and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's all sofas and stuff in it, isn't it? It's a pretty full-on extravaganza. Did you get sponsored by... I got sponsored by uh, a sofa. Did you? Just a sofa. Sponsored. No, I didn't get a sponsor. How did you you get that (laughs) around on tour? How did I get that? How did I get that sofa? Everywhere. I just bought a sofa. (laughs) Uh, I just, uh, what I did, Paul, uh, to get a van. What I did was I asked the venues to provide a sofa. And most of them did. How much was that for the sofa every time? Nothing. Free? Yeah, free sofa. Because I couldn't afford to drive around with the sofa. So they just took one out of the So I'm not doing all that well. That was only three years ago. I couldn't afford... The the sofa would have made more money than me if I'd gone with my own sofa. Because they charge you for these things on tour. They do. Well, you know, but that's what we were talking about backstage. Because you've gone huge, they charge you lots of money. Because I'm quite... comparatively small outfit when you're at those they don't charge venues, me that much for stuff well some venues they have a lot of stuff there but when you yeah. go to Wembley or the Apollo yeah. it's just a shell they're not, there's no speakers yeah. there's no mic stands it's literally it? just a shell it's as well shell that's and then you just have to build a venue and yeah. get, throw the shell yeah, away should, yeah. get, get, get a venue you know, that's it. I was talking, Limmy was saying the same thing when he played all these big venues you have to put your own lights in it's insane yeah I mean, it's when crazy I did, don't yeah, do that like, everything stay, the lights stay every- at about 500 Seats yeah, then you're week. safe with you're less right. expenses. But yeah. when you go to Wembley, because I, I worked at Wembley when I was at college, when I was about when I was about twenty-ish, and I de-rigged for Mariah Carey. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> she has a very she's a very demanding diva. Well, you're taking down the set. You know, yeah. it's a twelve-hour shift at night. You get there at like ten at night, finish at ten in the morning. Uh, I, I was the one who ended up taking her bags to the car. Right. And the next time I worked there, I was doing my own show in, in the right. same room. <laughs> yeah. And Mariah Carey was carrying your bags to the car. To the car. <laughs> That's when you know you've made it. When Mariah's de-rigging for yeah. <laughs> Then come back on. When you've got that, come back. Yeah. And then we'll be impressed. Those sofa renting guys hated me. Really? Yeah, because, you know, we go, well, Richard Harry's got a show with the sofa in it. Last, we're going to make some money on our theatrical <laughs> sofa hire business. We could make £10 a day off this. What? He's just getting the venues to give him a sofa. Could have got something off Lazy Boy or someone. Yeah, Shouldn't I'm not. I don't. I'm not as big a deal as you think, Paul. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at these. Hey, these are, we, these are nice. We're getting uh, we're getting new chairs for the next series. They're comfortable. I, I, yeah, I like I like this stain on it. Yeah. So well, they, we've had these for quite a while. I've, this podcast has been going for ages, and we've. I, well, I remember when we got these. I thought, oh, these are new, swanky. And now look at them. They used to have legs. They, they used, they used have to legs. have legs. I used to have legs, or they did. Oh, okay. So seats in the old days yeah. used to have legs. They, David remembers when seats had legs. These probably... seats used to have legs, did they? And then they've been replaced. Okay. Oh, Greg Davis made them fall off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg's massive, isn't it? He's so. the uh, Rahalastapa historian. Thank you. Uh, what episode number was that? <laughs> 27. Probably was about that. <laughs> so what did Greg do to make it fall off? He just... Is it? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's very big. He's a big. He's a big dude. He's a big guy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Greg will be on the next series of Rahalastapa Rahalastapa. Mad, aren't they? You got your own language, you <laughs> It's a white thing. He wouldn't understand. So uh, it's um, <laughs> it's been really fantastic to talk to you. Uh, yeah, really interesting and uh, I mean I'd, I'd say go and see him on tour but he's selling 10,000 seats no, everywhere I mean, he goes extended into next year yeah so you're going it's called uh, it's called Live In It Live In It and you're it's doing going back just to announce another Hammersmith tour. date 
Cool. So, so yeah. do go and see Paul Chowdhury. He's a fantastic yeah. comedian. And thank you very much for coming on the show. Proper An insight. have been listening to Rich Hanks Let's Square Theatre podcast with me Rich Hanks and my guest Paul Chowdhury the music's by Pest the producer is uh, Ben Walker I'd also like to thank everyone at the British Comedy Guide and everyone at the Go Fast the Stripe and everyone at the Let's Square Theatre uh, I am Rich Terry I am the best one and this is a fuzz gofasterstripe.com and Sky Potato production thank you for listening very much indeed From the cinematic universe of J.J. Abrams comes the space strategy game Star Trek Fleet Command. Be the commander of your own missions. Customize your fleet of starships. Assemble a crew of new and familiar faces. Choose your weapons to prepare and lead your crew in epic battles. Every moment counts in these real-time battles. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Star Trek Fleet Command. Download free today on the App Store or Google Play.